Chapter 5 My hand shook against the cold glass. We passed through my neighborhood, quiet in the late evening. Lights were off, cars parked. It was time for Green Meadow to sleep, but not me. My name's Jimmy, said the man who'd taken me. If the circumstances were different, I would have swooned over one of the best-looking guys I'd ever seen. Perhaps early thirties, shaved head, sharp brown eyes, perfectly chiseled features. But I didn't care. They'd taken me from Dad. Even if they brought me to Mom, this was not the plan. We won't hurt you, Jimmy said. They already had. Not physically, yet they'd ripped me away from my home, from Dad. Should I cry? I couldn't. I had spent my tears on sleepless nights when I thought of Mom. I used to live in a field like the one here, Jimmy said. It was a farm, actually. You think she cares? Dr. Carper asked. In a flash, Jimmy's eyes told me of his suffering, before he averted his gaze, as if he tucked the wound he'd exposed back inside. Maybe I could trust him. Was Jimmy a victim of Dr. Carper just as much as me? Or had I misread him? Dr. Carper sat down in the seat facing me on the other side of the limo, then pulled off his leather jacket and rolled up his sleeves. With black hair gelled forward and a small gold earring looped around one earlobe, he appeared to be prepping for a photo shoot rather than abducting a 17-year-old girl. How much money did a scientist make? I rubbed Dad's sweater. It was a scratchy soft. I imagined the material of Dr. Carper's shirt was so expensive that I'd never know its name. Do you have the band? Dr. Carper asked. Was he talking to me? It was difficult to tell when he hadn't looked at me. Yes. Jimmy fumbled through his suede bag and pulled out a strip of cloth. Good. Dr. Carper wiped his neck with a cloth. You searched through her things? All clear. The thing of value? Dr. Carper opened the window that separated us from the driver, then swore. Would you turn down the heat, Blue? I'm dying in here. So he was dramatic. I'd have to watch what I said. Jimmy's face flushed. If I remember correctly, you said you didn't want my dirty hands on it. The driver named Blue must have turned down the heat. Chilly air passed from the vent. I hugged Dad's sweater tighter. Dr. Carper pulled off his shirt. To my relief... A white tank was underneath. His arms were smooth with no defined muscle. I might escape him if he were to grab me. I thought you took care of this. Dr. Carper moved toward us just as the driver made a turn. The doctor fell against the seat with a grunt. Blue, watch where you're going! Dr. Carper threw himself between us, and Jimmy retreated far to the other side. The band, Jimmy. As soon as Jimmy handed him the material... Dr. Carper reached toward my neck. I ducked my head and closed my eyes. His fingers grazed along my collarbone. Could he feel the thump of my pulse? He yanked the necklaces. My neck stung from the force of the snap chains. My key back home was gone, and we hadn't even passed the thanks for visiting Green Meadow sign. How'd you find two necklaces? He handed them to Jimmy, who put them into his bag. You give them back, I said. If only it were that easy. What a fool Henry was for turning me in. He lived without being shot, but I may not return to anything. Turn around, Dr. Carper said. 
I faced the window and watched the end of my town fade as Dr. Carper wrapped the band around my eyes. You'll call me Carper, he yanked on the band. That hurts, he pulled tighter. You're bold apparel, but like your mom, you could use some manners. Carper, Jimmy's voice said. Stay out of this, Jimmy. Carper's voice was suave. I imagined he picked at his nails or smoothed his hair with a silver comb. Are you taking me to my mom? I asked. You'll see her, Carper said. But don't expect a grand family reunion. I sensed more than heard Carper slide to the other seat. The space between me and Jimmy felt too far. Without sight, I was disoriented and empty. Had Mom felt the same all these years without me and Dad? Without a home? Or had Moon City become a sad place to belong? A hand pressed on mine, and I jerked back. You need to take this, Jimmy said close to my ear. I felt something placed in my hand. What is it? It's a drink to relax you, Jimmy said. I don't need to relax. I'm sure my shaking voice was very convincing. No questions, Carper said. Bringing the cup to my lips, I downed the sweet liquid in two gulps. You'll rest when we arrive, Carper said. Jimmy will show you the training rooms. Marcus will supervise your conditioning. You'll stay off Lee for now to test your natural abilities without it. What is Lee? My speech slurred. Carper chuckled. Where have you been the last decade? Hiding in your room? If only he knew how true that was. They're plants made of huang chi, calabash, and a rare species grown underneath the forbidden... Colors flashed over my closed eyes, then the darkness beneath my blindfold grew darker. I bet you didn't know... My head spun. Turn 17. I faded out, then in. Find you. Carper's voice dwindled as the darkness swallowed me whole. I bolted upright in a strange bed. My heart thumped loud and fast, but it was there. I was alive. The small room held a kitchenette, an enormous wardrobe, and through an open door a stand-up shower, all modern. I shivered, even with the two blankets over me. One small window framed no glass, only metal bars. Was this Moon City? I got up, carrying the blankets around me, and walked to the window. I strained to my left and right and could barely see a shiny steel wall. Reaching my hand out the window and between the bars, I tapped against the wall. It clanged like a gong, solid. I looked down as I brought my hand in. About three stories below, guards patrolled around the entrance. Ahead, a field stretched toward a forest similar to Green Meadow. A planet in the sky resembled Earth. Maybe Henry had told the truth, and Moon City really was on another planet. Perhaps Mom waited for me somewhere within these walls. I walked over to the door and pulled and twisted the handle. It didn't move. Now what? I sniffed my arm and smelled sweat and a hint of Jimmy's pine scent. A shower might be nice. I entered the bathroom and turned on the water. Ah, cold. I looked for soap and shampoo and found both in small bottles, along with a toothbrush and paste, as if I were in a hotel. I couldn't be in a prison. No one would bother treating a prisoner like a guest. Did it mean I was on Carper's good side? My shower never warmed up, so maybe I was in prison. I wrapped a towel around myself and noticed a sheet of paper on the bathroom counter. Peril. Welcome to Moon City. Call me when you're up. I left a few things for you. Let me know if you need anything else. Jimmy. He left a four-digit number at the end of the note.
Call him with what? I hadn't brought my phone. A shiver passed through me. What had I gotten myself into? No, it wasn't my fault that Carper took me away. I would have been gone, hiding again. At least here I'd find Mom. Onward to. My hair dripped on my running clothes as I pulled them from my pack. I opened the wardrobe. All righty, Moon City. What have you planned for me to wear? Yoga pants, mesh shorts, tanks and jackets, and black draped on hangers. White athletic shoes lined the bottom. Apparently, there was no nightclub in Moon City. I touched glittery black pants, softer than mine. The sparkle moved like tiny lights. I held the familiar blue pants and gray tank and sniffed them. My laundry detergent brought an image of home. What was Dad doing right this minute? If only I could come home at the end of this day, give him a hug and tell him I'd be okay. I sighed and tucked the clothes into my pack. I'd keep them safe and smell home to remember the reason I'd come. Mom. I put on the stupid jazzy clothes to embrace my new identity. Somebody sparkle. A knock on the door startled me. The handle turned and Jimmy stepped in with a paper bag in his hand. You mean you can do that? I pointed to his keys. What if I was getting dressed? My bluntness surprised me. Either I'd become used to Jimmy or craved seeing someone familiar. He eyed my outfit. His face was expressionless and stoic. You look apart, but even as a guest, there's no privacy. Jimmy closed the door behind him. Aren't I some prophetic fulfillment? Prove yourself. Your life is no longer your own. I crossed my arms. Whose is it then, Dr. Carper's? Do you want it to be his? No. I didn't want it to be anyone's. Then do what he says, but don't let him control your mind. Make sense? I nodded. I had a choice. I put a hand on my torso. Want to tell me why my ribs hurt? Jimmy set the paper bag on the kitchenette's counter and opened the mini fridge. He pulled out two plastic bottles of pink liquid. When the fridge closed, I noticed an intercom against the wall with numbers. The phone. You passed out, Jimmy said. You mean you drugged me? I carried you over my shoulder when we arrived. How did we travel from one universe to the other? Magic? Jimmy shrugged. Our bodies from Earth hide until we return. We're in different bodies while here in Orego. I shuddered at the idea of my body left behind in some mysterious place on Earth. What does Orego mean? It means first in time, earliest. That's why we call it the older universe. It existed before Earth. I never learned that in geography. Okay, what's next? I'm taking you to the ammo room. You'll want to look at your choices to practice your combat skills. If you have warrior skills, Marcus will train you. Carper wants to see what power you may have that he can use in the future. It might be overwhelming at first, but pick something up and try it. You may be surprised by what you can do. He nodded toward the paper bag and moved a drink toward me. Eat while I talk. I picked up the pink drink with no label and frowned. It's like Gatorade. Gives you energy. How do you know about Gatorade? Maybe Jimmy had also lived in America. I opened and took a swig. Fruity, not too sweet. I opened the paper bag and found a salad, apple, and nuts. Where's the sugar? I tipped the bag upside down. And carbs? Moon City likes to keep us fit and healthy. He took a drink of his own pink water. 
and starve? Jimmy shrugged. Could be worse. One wrong word and I'd be begging for crumbs from Carper's hands. I shoved a handful of cashews into my mouth to keep me quiet. I want to get straight to the real reason you're here. Jimmy's tone grew serious. No one has ever defeated the Lasaris. Carper wants power and to be king of the Lasaris. Should Jimmy tell me about Carper's agenda? It seemed personal, like he mocked Carper's authority. Couldn't he get in trouble for saying those sorts of things? Jimmy leaned against the counter. The problem is, when the Losaris find out that Carper's raised a teen army, they're never going to want him as their king. He thinks they'll surrender because of the impressive power he's given the warriors through Lee plants. Henry had told me that the Losaris would destroy Moon City's walls. How do you know Moon City is even a target? Jimmy shifted. The Losaris have demolished more cities in the last few years. Moon City has to be next on their list. Then there's your family line. Carper thinks that if he has you and your mom, it will force the Losaris to surrender. My chest burned. He would use me and mom to get what he wanted. Your mom has a gift, Jimmy said, and Carper knows that the Abram family are the chosen. Wouldn't he want us dead? Not when he has plans to rule the Losaris and make you and your mom his advocates. With the two of you together and your powers? He paused. Stop him. It was a big call, one that I couldn't possibly do on my own. If Elohim really does call the Losaris to destroy the city, everyone could be dead, including us if we don't get out of here. Carper's made plans, Jimmy said. Could Carper take over an undefeated people? Jimmy didn't seem scared or threatened. He may have doubted that Moon City would collapse. Maybe he had to see it before he could believe. Or maybe that was me. Do you believe in Elohim? I asked. I believe in what he can do, so yes, I guess I do. A shiver passed through me. If Elohim could bring power, like Henry said, could anyone stop him? So why are you not scared? I'm afraid. Not of what he can do, but of who he is. Jimmy opened his mouth, closed it, then opened it again. Nothing came out. Yet? Yet I'm not afraid because he finally brought you here. What does that mean? Jimmy tapped his fingers before he looked directly at me. Deliverance.